0: You know, some of you don't know that, that the, our church literally started as a, uh, really, as an organic church plant. And, and what I mean by that is that nowadays, nowadays there's not a whole lot of organic church plants, meaning there's this. There's a lot of church splits that lead to a church plant, and so you have a bunch of disgruntled people starting a church. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> but, or you have a, you have a, 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 you know, a home group or a, a college group, you know, a core group come. And, and that's fine. I'm not against it, but but to really start an organic church, meaning uh, we just we literally got out our checkbook and with our church's blessing, the church that, that we were pastor associate pastors in, uh, I was in and, and my wife was working with me, and uh, with their blessing, just literally got out the checkbook and wrote the first check for $300 to rent the, the comfort suites, and we just said, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to work. You know, is anybody come back? You know, it's just like, well, who knows? But we just got the checkbook and just said, well, we're just going to try it and just see what happens. And so we just did it and just see what happens, you know. And, uh, and people came back. So God blessed. And, and that's what you call an organic church plant because it's, it's literally starting it from scratch. So it was my wife and I and, and our two boys. Uh, and that's that, literally our plan. People say, well, what's your five-year plan? You know, A lot of churches start by having a five-year plan or a 10-year plan or a 20-year plan. And, you know, we got to get all this money and all the support before we do something. And we just said, well, we're not going to get support. We didn't get any support from anybody we didn't get any money from anybody. We just said, we're just going to do it. I got 300 bucks, and I think I can rent the, the, the conference room for one Sunday. And so just what we did. We just got a check and did it. And, uh, and God blessed, and, and people came back, and, and organic church plant. We just wanted people to get saved. And, and uh, yeah, we get people from other churches, but our goal is just to lead people to Christ and do something with them. And, and it's just an amazing thing. And so uh, that, that first Sunday just seemed like we were out here because we're from Chicago. And so being out in this area, we just felt like, you know, we were like in Canada. It's like, why Waukesha? People ask me all the time, why Waukesha? I have no clue why Waukesha. I don't. I don't know. We just knew we were supposed to come to Waukesha. I have been here maybe once, uh, I think, to the, the Expo Center for a, a, a conference with Victory and Grace Ministries, Dr. James Scudder. And uh, we just felt like we needed to do it. And there's, there's plenty of churches in town, but we wanted to be a church that was, uh, uh, like I said, for new believers and a church that was leading people to Christ and a, P, a church that just opened up the Bible, and, and we just looked at the Bible, and we're just going to be really clear on what the Bible said, and if it's not in the Bible, we're not teaching it. And uh, uh, that's just kind of what we wanted to be. So, uh, again, just kind of hard to believe that uh, we just did that. We just, we just did it simple. We just prayed about it, and just nothing fancy. You know, we didn't have any shooting stars or epiphanies or anything great. We just said we just felt like we needed to do it. We just did it. Uh, and so the key, I think, really is is... Is not always having a plan, but just being faithful. You know, people say, "What's your what's your five year plan?" Just to be faithful. That's it. What's your ten year plan? Gosh, to still be alive and be faithful. <laughs> you know what I mean. It just, that's it. You know, it just, that's it. Just to, to get going again tomorrow and keep going. Uh, there's a couple things that I want you to to, to write down. I got uh, in your in your program today, and we gotta we gotta move quickly because uh, we got to We well we got to eat. That's why we got to move quickly. Uh, but some things that, that I kind of wanted to, to share with you. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, Paul wrote to the church and said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, or I don't count myself to have arrived. Like, hey, look what I did. I didn't arrive. But there is one thing that I do. And he says, forget those things which are behind and reach forth into those things which are before. He, he says, I forget those things which are behind. You know, it's real easy to, to rest in your laurels and say, well, look what we did. And that'd be real easy to do. My concern, and I've shared this with you from the day one we started this building project, even before that. My concern is that we build the building that we will become con- content and complacent. And wow, look what look what we did. Whew, we finally have a building. Like, this makes a church. I mean, ugh, what that doesn't make a church when we started our church, I had a guy say, Well, you don't have a building, you're not a church. What what church in the New Testament had a building? Maybe the church in Ephesus. Maybe. There's no proof of it. But maybe. They were just meeting in people's houses, they were meeting out in farm fields or doing whatever. This doesn't make us a church. But it'd be real easy to sit there and just kick back and say, Well, just you know, forgetting those things, you know, just you know, wow, aren't I great? No, God's great. Church, we don't, we don't rest in our laurels. We don't, we don't sit there and say, wow, look, look what we did. But there's also the other side of that coin, though, forgetting those things which are behind. Let me just ask you this question, church. I want you to raise your hand on this. Have you ever, have you ever, this would be funny, have you ever said something or done something that you just wish you didn't say it or just wish you just didn't do it? Can you raise your hand? All right, both of my hands are up. So Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, right? Things you did, things you said, you just say, Oh man, I can't believe I did that <laughs> you know. But he says, you know, don't don't sit there and live in yesterday. Some people just live in yesterday. But what does he say to do? He says what? He says, Reach forth into those things which are before. Look at the next verse, verse fourteen. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So in other words, <coughs> excuse me, he says, I'm <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to push forward. Good, bad, whatever it is behind me, but I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to be stuck in the past. I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to keep moving forward. I've known a lot of people that have always said, well, boy, we look back at those pictures, and and weren't those the good old days? Uh, I may disagree with you a little bit, really. Because I don't know if those are the good old days. I think the good old days are right now, and the good old days are what's coming up tomorrow. I I really believe that. I I live in the present. The good old days are right now. Today is going to be one of those good old days, and let's just enjoy it. We're going to look back at that and say, remember that 10-year anniversary? Wasn't that fun? Well, today is one of those good old days. You know, we're just going to enjoy it. And we're going to always press towards the future. And I, I really believe church. I mean, I honestly believe I think the, the, the best is yet to come for a church be, because we got through a bunch of these humps like getting a building and stuff and starting a school and starting a preschool. So so I think that these are important things. And uh, I want to spend a few minutes, and, and I want us to get out of here, but I want to spend a few minutes. Uh, some things that I think I've learned in the last few years that I just want to share to you and I want you to write it down. Not everything that I've learned. Uh, <laughs> just a... Uh, young, dumb kid that started church. Don't look at me. You came back. All right. I want you to write these things down. Here's what I believe. I believe about a church. I believe that everyone should be active in their local church. That's what I just believe. The, The things that we just learned over the last 10 years is that people should be active in their local church. You should be active in your local church. You should go to your church. You should... You should put your feet in the cement. You should stick there. You should stick it out. And come hell or high water, you stick it out. You keep going. Don't, don't be a person that just keeps bouncing around and, and doesn't have a church home. I've known people in the years that we've had this church that said, well, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm 50 years old. I've lived in the Waukesha my whole life, and I still haven't found a church. Okay, shame on you. All right? There's a lot of churches in the area. You can find a church. You need to find a church. You need to stick it out. I need to go through the, the thick times and the thin times. You know, I remember we had a time in our service when, when we just started the church service and, and there was, uh, our church, there was eight people in church. And a lady came up to me, one of the eight people, you know. Four of them was my family, so that's how small our church was, okay. he said, well, this church just isn't going anywhere. I'm not coming back. Well, thank you. I, you know, well, I, I did it. I, I looked them up on Facebook. They're in a mess and they ain't going to church anywhere now. Well, you should have stayed. And you can always come back. The doors are always open. But, but don't, don't be like that, okay? Church, don't ever be like that. You find a church, you stick it out. Be active, be involved. Hebrews chapter 10 says, Let us consider or think of one another to provoke or to prod them unto love and unto good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting or encouraging one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Don't, don't wait for the church to have that utopia. Don't wait for the church to finally build that building or build that gymnasium or have a school decide you want it to be. Get involved in the church and stick it out and stay with it. And I've said this from the beginning. If you are looking for the church with the perfect pastor, you haven't found it. But if you're looking for the church that's got the perfect pastor's wife, you found it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Number two, expand your opportunities at your church. The church that, that you go to don't just show up, but grow up, okay? You get involved and you expand the opportunities that you have at your church. Why? For the glory of God. Don't be the same person 10 years from now that you are today, okay? You need to be growing. You need to be expanding what God has given to you. You ought to be growing. We look back at those pictures, you know, and I see my two boys. And, and boy, it just seems like yesterday. They were that, you know, and you see that they physically grew up, right? That's great. But we should be growing spiritually. And, and 10 years from now, you shouldn't be the same person you are today. And you don't, don't ever be like, well, you know, this is the way I've always done it. Don't ever be like that. Well, you know, whatever. 30 years ago, my pastor, you know, this is the way he did it. Well, that's nice. <laughs> but we're not living 30 years ago. We're living today. And the year is 2019. And you need to grow up. And you need, you need to keep growing. And all of us ought to be developing. We ought to be looking. We ought to be growing in our life and, and just saying, you know, this is, this is something that I want to strive for. This is the way God wants me to be. And this is the, the way that I, I, I want to look forward to it, you know? Uh, you, get it, you, you be involved in a church and you, and you take advantage of those opportunities and you grow. You know, people that don't grow, people that observe, you know what I'm talking about? People that just observe, you know what I'm talking about, right? They don't, they don't grow. They're just observers, Okay, you can write this down. Put this on my tombstone. <laughs> observers become benevolent critics. Observers become benevolent critics because they haven't taken advantage of every opportunity in their church to grow, and they just become observers, and they become nice, but they're critics because they don't have any skin in the game. They're not involved with it. Church, you grow, and as your church grows, you grow with it, and, and, and don't be critical. Don't, don't sit in the cheap seats and, and, and throw out those cheap shots. You be involved. Number three, accept challenge graciously. Accept challenge graciously. You serve the Lord even when there's changes, even when there's challenges, and you accept those things and, and you're, you're gracious about it. Don't ever be stopped in your Christian life by a roadblock. You know, I, 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 the one thing that's always been sad for me, I think in the last 10 years, is, is that people that just could never handle a wrinkle or could never handle a change, and just, oh, this is the way we've always done it, and we did something different. You know, it's okay to change things, right? It just, and, and they just couldn't get past the wrinkle. They just couldn't get past the speed bump. You know, just, well, you know. We've always met in the hotel. I wish we were back in the hotel. Do you really wish we were back in the hotel? I don't really wish we were back in the hotel. I'm tired of setting that place up every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. I don't want to go back to the hotel. It was fine then, but, but don't be like that, you know. Well, you know, we just did something different. Well, it's okay. You accept the challenge graciously. Things change. Times change. You know, when I was a kid... When I was a kid, we used to call the the lobby. Now, tell me if this is for you. We used to call the lobby. We used to call it the narthex. What what is a narthex? Raise your hand if you called the lobby a narthex in your church. There's like five of you. Okay, the rest of you, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even is narthex even in the dictionary. I don't know how to spell it. For as a kid, I thought it was a north x, and I was like, well, that's not north. It was south. What is a narthex? It's just a lobby, you know as a kid they used to call the auditorium a sanctuary until my preacher got up one day and said you know what the holy spirit doesn't live here the holy spirit lives here this is not a sanctuary it's a room we're not calling it a sanctuary anymore because you are a priest you are god's temple god's spirit lives in you not this room and so we started calling it an auditorium and i remember "Wow, was like, wow, we're in the auditorium now not the sanctuary anymore <gasps> yeah well it's okay church it's just fine you grow and you learn some things and you kind of just move on it just it just doesn't matter I think about Tim and Nancy. They, they've always accepted the challenges graciously at our church. Praise God. If you know them, there's been challenges and changes, and, and let's do it this way, and let's try this, and let's make it better, let's improve. And they've always been gracious. It hasn't been, well, well this is the way we... For 40 years, we've been doing puppet shows this way, and we're not changing it, you know? Never. It's just, okay, let's do it that way, Patrick. It sounds great. It's just all good, you know what I mean? just fine. Let's just do it, you know? Accept that graciously. There's a challenge in your life, an area to grow. Accept it graciously. Number four, take ownership of your calling. Whatever it is God's called you to do, whatever responsibility God's given to you, whether God's given you the responsibility in your church to teach a class or to push a broom or to clean a toilet, whatever it is, you take pride in it and, 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 and you do it as unto the Lord. Amen, church? You take pride in, in what God's given to you and you take ownership of your calling. You make it personal. My, my lovely wife, Amy, she does that. She, <laughs> I gotta be careful with this one. I was gonna say, my wife takes it personal. she does but I meant that in a good way when she gets challenged to do something in church when she gets involved, it's personal and she takes ownership in it, she takes responsibility she said, this is as if it's mine because I'm doing it as if it's unto the Lord because she is doing it unto the Lord, church any area that you're serving in any area that you're volunteering and you're not doing it as unto the pastor because I'll tell you this right now if you're doing it as unto the pastor you will be disappointed, why? because I'm a human being that's why. And, and, and I could never write you a big enough check or say thank you enough never to, to pay back for what you've done. Don't, don't ever do something as unto the pastor. You do it as unto the Lord. Our, our, our payday is someday in eternity, okay? And God's giving you an opportunity. God's giving you something to do. You, you've been offered a, a position to help in something. You take that graciously, and you take it with personal responsibility. Hey, how about that? They need help sweeping the floor. They need help setting up the stage. They need help cleaning the bathrooms. They need help cutting the grass. They need help changing diapers. Whatever it is, you take it and say, God, this must be from you that you want me to do this, and I'm just going to graciously do it, and I'm going to have a good attitude about it, and God, I'm going to change those diapers as unto you. Right? And then you know what? We're never disappointed because we've done it as unto the Lord. It's when you do it for a man that you get disappointed. And oh, the pastor made me do it. The pastor didn't make you do anything. Paul told the church back there in the New Testament. He said, church, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, he said, Church, whatever you do, you do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. He told the church, now think about that, what was the church doing? The church was serving, the people were serving in the church. He said, people, listen. Whatever you're doing, whether it's outside these doors or it's inside these doors, you make sure that that you're doing it as under the Lord, not under the men. Look at the the next verse, verse 24. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord. That's who you're serving. You're serving Jesus Christ. You're not serving any man. You're not serving an organization. You're not serving Dayspring. You're serving the Lord. It's just that God called you to this church and there's an opportunity to serve you. Just do it. And just whatever that is, you do it, you take responsibility for it. And, and the happiest people I've seen, the happiest people that I've seen in the last 10 years are the people that graciously took an opportunity to serve, and they ran with it. Why? I've said this before, because I believe that serving is a Christian high. I, I, just, I believe it is, because God made you to serve. Christians should serve period they should god god saved you now he wants you to serve not 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 sit back and kick back and say well there's nothing for me to do I'm, I'm on easy street now it doesn't matter if there's nothing to do we ought to be doing something you're saved you got an eternity waiting for you in heaven goodness sakes now's not the time to sit on the backside. now's the time to get out there and and win the loss for jesus christ you do it and the happiest people i've seen the people that have just grabbed something and said i'm doing this man as unto the lord not for applause not for praise because you'll always be failed, but but I have an audience of one to God be the glory that's who i'm doing it for and I tell you i, I i'll say this I'm thankful in the last ten years the people that the many people that that didn't take offense in serving they didn't they didn't trip over a wrinkle in the carpet you know what I'm talking about they, they just they just kept going with a smile on their face and just kept coming back and and the the Sundays when the messages were awesome and I knocked it out of the park, you came back. And the Sundays that I barely bunted the ball past first base and y'all sit there and said, whoa, that was terrible, you came back. Of course, there haven't been many of those, I'll say, but <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> so church, listen, we, we, we can say what Paul said, hey, that's great. And we look back at the last 10 years and we look and we smile. We say, praise God, a lot of people saved. A lot of people saved from the ministry of Days from Baptist Church. But I want to encourage you today that the next 10 years are coming. So, what does the next 10 years look like? I mean, really, not, not for the building or, you know, we're going to add a gym or what are we going to do, but you and your personal life, what has God got for you in the next 10 years? I hope God's got something for you. You know, someone's going to say something rude to you, but it's not going to stop you because you're serving God. Someone in this room is going to offend you. But you're not going to stop because you're serving your Heavenly Father. The pastor's going to step on your toes by the preaching of the Word. I've uh, got to work on that. I'll try it again. The pastor's going to step on your toes by the preaching of the Word. Amen. And I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep coming because it's good for me to get my toes stepped on. It is. It's uncomfortable, but it sometimes it's good. Or this isn't the way I wanted it, or that's the way I would have done it, or I should have done something different, or we should have painted the auditorium a different color, or whatever. You know, the church down the street does it this way. Great. Go to the church down the street. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. But this is what we're doing, and this is what God's called our church to do, and this is what we're doing. Are you, are you going to stick it out? Are you going to keep going? Are you going to be in these at the 20 year anniversary where you see yourself in those pictures over and over again and just say, Well, praise God? I stuck it out. I didn't quit. I didn't, I didn't fall back. And nothing's going to get in the way of me serving Jesus Christ. Nothing's going to get in the way of me serving Jesus Christ. And nothing's going to get in the way of me giving the gospel of Jesus Christ. The next 10 years, how many, how many times will you plan to give the gospel? Have you thought about that? How about let's not worry about the next 10 years. How about this week? Do you have a plan to share the gospel, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, Pastor, what's the gospel? This is the simplest way I know how to share it. You do this, you share this wherever you can. And we share this, I try to do this almost every Sunday. I share the gospel every Sunday, but I love this illustration. Don't do it every Sunday, but it could. Pretend that this hand's me and you. Pretend that my glasses are all the bad things we've done. Here we are, we've all done bad things. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Pretend that my right hand's God. God's in heaven. We know there's no sin in heaven, right? If there, if there was sin in heaven, it wouldn't be heaven, it'd be hell. God's holy, God's just. There is no sin in heaven, and I think everyone would agree with that. right? God said, though, that the payment, the cost, the wages of sin is death. The book of Romans says the wages or the mortgage of that sin, the bad things you've done, the payment for that is separation from God forever in a place called hell. That's what the Bible says. That's not what Spring says. It's not what the Pastor Dan says. It's what the Bible says. You die with that sin not paid for, you are going to hell. That's what the Bible says. Here's the cool part about it, though. God knew that before the foundation of the earth and said, you know what, those people I'm going to create, those human beings are going to fail me. I know they're going to fail me. Therefore, before the creation of the world even started, God said, my plan is that my son Jesus, my son Jesus will die on a cross because the payment is death. I get it, yeah. My son Jesus will pay it with death. He'll pay the mortgage with death. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he wasn't just dying as a martyr. He literally was paying the mortgage for us. And God said, if you just simply believe that, now I know, church, I know, I know, I know, I know. There's some really popular churches that say, well, yeah, you have to stop sinning or turn over a new leaf or or start going to church or get baptized or join a church or turn from all of your sins. And once you've done that, then believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for your sins. Now wait, 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 wait a second, church. If you or I have to do anything to pay for the sin debt, then why did Jesus Christ die on the cross? If we could do it, then why did he die on the cross? Because it's either grace or it's works, church. Uh, in the New Testament, it says very clearly, it's not what God did plus what we did. It's either grace or it's works. It's not works and grace. It can't be both. Okay? Because if we've got to work for it, then it's not grace. Check out this verse over here. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. By grace you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Now look at this. This is so simple. That whoever believes in him should not perish. Church, could that be any clearer in the Bible? It doesn't say whoever stops sinning, whoever gets baptized, whoever joins a church. It says whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have what? Have everlasting life. When is everlasting life? Everlasting life is the moment you accept Christ. And how long is it? It's forever. Someone asked me last week, said, Pastor, where, where is eternal life in the Bible? Where is once saved, always saved in the Bible? It's in the most popular verse in the Bible right there. It says it. Whoever believes in Him should not Perish but have everlasting life. If you could lose your salvation, then John chapter 3, verse 16 is a lie. And guess what? Those are the words of Jesus himself, which means that Jesus lied. But he didn't. He said, I died on the cross. I paid your sin debt. All I want you to do, just want you to believe that. God, I'm a sinner. I can't pay it. But I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He paid my sin debt. That alone is what I'm trusting in. That's it. I'm not trusting in my baptism. I'm not trusting in my church membership. I'm not trusting in going to a church for 10 years. I'm not trusting in, in, in my pastor. I'm trusting in the fact that Jesus paid my sin debt for me. That's it, period, done, over. That, my friend, is the gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's given to us the free gift of salvation. That's the message that in the next 10 years, you need to see how many times you can share that to a lost and dying world. If all of us shared the gospel one time a week, right? that would be 52 times a year, times a couple hundred people in this room. That would be thousands of people would have heard the gospel in just this year. Times 10 would be 10,000 of people that have heard the gospel in 10 years. There's not enough property for another building told the lost people that we'd get saved from this church if we all did it once a week. We would be kicking ourselves for not buying the 80 acres across the street. That's what would happen, church. Amen? That's what would happen. We'll be faithful and we share the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. God's job is to build a church. Not my job, not your job. It's God's job. Our job is to go and preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Amen, church? As the gospel of Jesus Christ. So simple, so clear. Let's keep it crystal clear at DaySpring. That is absolutely, positively, for sure. Let's have a word of prayer, and then I'm going to talk about something, and we will sing a song. We'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for our time in the Word. Lord, maybe someone here today is putting their trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Maybe someone here today has never trusted in what Jesus did, but today they're trusting in the fact that Jesus Christ did die on the cross. He did pay their sin debt. He rose again three days later in the grave. He lives forever in heaven. And they realize that, yeah, Jesus is the Messiah, and he did pay my debt for me. And that alone is what I'm trusting in. Maybe someone here today used to trust in their baptism or their church membership or their goodness to get them to heaven, but today they understand it's a free gift. Father, if they've trusted in you as their Savior today, I pray that you'd work in their life. Give them a special blessing today. Thank you, Lord, for them being here with us today. Thank you for all that you've done, Lord. Would you encourage us to all be faithful and that no one here would quit serving you. And that 10 years from now, Father, 10 years from now, Father, we can all look back and say, wow, I stuck it out. I stuck it out, praise God. And then we pray, amen. are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.